Fire. Alice. Volcano. What's up? K-pop podcast in all of the United States prefecture. I am Patrick with my co-host Ariana. Hello. And my very special guest and legitimate radio personality, Tolly Gibson. Hey there, everybody. How's it going, man? I'm doing very well today. Just having a nice lazy Sunday. Yeah, me too. Same. Um, so, Tolly, uh, first time on the show. Uh, tell us about yourself. What? Uh, tell us about the Brockwell Network, about... Um, you yourself personally, what your blood type is, your special skills, what your height <laughs> is in uh, whatever it is they measure height in Korea. Social Magical security. weapons. Social security and credit card number. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, and, and of course I do have a character that yells at people and asks them for their full name, that he needs their full name, their social security. So, this very, listener very... base is not ready for Dr. Holly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm... Wilford no. Gibson. Yeah, I'm not, I, we're not pulling him out today. But um, so yeah, um, as the as the referencing, I, I do uh, radio. I've done it off and on for uh, almost twenty years now. Uh, but I've actually been creating like little fake radio shows since I was like seven years old. Um, so I, I, it's just one of those things. I've always been a, a creative person. I have lots of creative outlets. Uh, I like to paint. I like to. Uh, uh, create and write uh, characters and stories. I used to uh, actually run this internet website, or you know, the interwebs for for uh, some of you out there. No, don't let me go in that. I'm already falling into character. Let's not go there. Uh, but I used to I used I used to run a website where you could go on. It's kind of like a social network for role players, and you could uh, meet people, play games on the actual website. So I did a lot of uh, gaming and, and story building that way. And as I started listening to podcasts about writing rooms for professional television and stuff, I, I realized how similar it was to sitting around a table and role-playing with friends, which made me kind of get off my butt finally and start crafting some more structured shows that I wanted to do on the radio. So while I've always kind of done characters and played music and stuff for the last two years, I've actually been writing a uh, one-hour structured comedy show that's a parody of, of the first year, um, almost first year and a half, was a parody of late-night um, you know, celebrity chat shows like Jimmy Kimmel, Conan, things of that nature. Now, the reason why I love to 
parody them is because I, I genuinely love pop culture and the format of, of all this stuff that I grew up with, television from the 70s and 80s and 90s and such. Um, all, all, the, all the oddball stuff that I've always loved, I've kind of smooshed it all together into one thing. And, and I've created a television station on the radio. So uh, right now I'm also very, very, very back in love with K-pop, which brings me here to these fine folks. Um, and for the last couple of years, I have been popping in and out K-pop on the radio. But for the last full year or so, a character of mine has taken over the entire corporation of the Brockwell Broadcast Network, my fake television uh, station. And he is obsessed with K-pop. So all the music that is displayed on, on the radio for about 19 hours uh, a week, uh, we have slots on our station, um, is, is all K-pop based. So every week I do, on Saturday nights, I do a top 20 K-pop countdown. On my uh, one-hour structured written show, uh, we actually have a fake musical guest at the end of every episode, which I'll just take some random live performance off of YouTube of, of a K-pop group that I love right then and make it seem like they're actually performing on our show. And uh, so we're constantly showcasing uh, all the all the best that's new in K-pop as well as I try to always, uh, on my Saturday night show, also kind of showcase other stuff stuff that's not necessarily in the charts but all the new stuff that's coming out as well as like hey let's take a look back at this classic group and go through their catalog a little bit yeah i um i a couple weeks ago i was listening and i I remember you threw on g um by girls generation which i think this might have been the week that the big announcement came out the but uh yeah, I was really kind of su- pleasantly surprised, but still sort of upset hearing it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, you know, um, I've I've been into music so long. I've been like a, a hardcore music fanatic. I used to run record stores. Some of my very first jobs for like uh, you know more than a decade of you know hitting eighteen years old was all record store management back when there was such a thing, and. Um, you know, even before that, as a kid, I was just always obsessed with music, reading books about music. And then I'm just so used to the idea of bands having a a, a lifespan. And as long as they have a, a, a large enough output, uh, more than three albums that you feel passionately about, I kind of feel like at that point, they've done their job. You've done your job of enjoying it, and if you guys want to continue, great. And then if not, then it's like I th- I feel like it should be okay on all fronts. Now I understand when these groups have a lot of passion for you. You know, you get passionate about it, and and those those losses hurt for sure. But but at the same time, I feel more like th- my my mindset is always. I try to keep celebrating what I love about what what that is, even if I have a loss, and whether it be music or whatever it is, I like to uh, continue to to feel those good feelings about the things that I love about it. And, and you know, that's I, I talked about something similar to that on um, the solo girls generation episode I put out a couple weeks back, and like that's the beauty of like music and media is that stuff is forever like you can always go back to that 10 years worth of material and like that's a lot of time that those girls really 
kind of devoted to, you know, a job. Ten years is a long time in any job, no matter, like, what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, it's still, like... And I think that that's the big thing about K-pop compared to, like, other genres. Because, like, my familiarity with music before K-pop was mostly just, like, punk and, like, goth rock. And I wasn't, like... I I wasn't really, like, super upset when Bauhaus broke up. Um, So... Like, I, I can see that with K-pop about how people get very, very, very invested in their groups. I mean, like, we're guilty of it. Like, we're on a forum on Facebook that's extremely guilty of it. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's one dude on that group who I don't even know if is going to, like, survive twice breaking up whenever that eventually happens. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and take out the word twice and put in any other group and there's one person, on, you know. But like you said, we're you know, right now we're all in this. And that, that's what I love about K-pop so much is there's something so different and so unique about it while so familiar that you can't help but, like, feel like you're in a different world when you're experiencing it. It, it, it feels like a world that's created by by people. They have, you know, experience that we all have and that we can all identify with. But there's just still something that's so different about it that it just really is exciting. And for me, being a 40-year-old guy, you know, it's ridiculous for me to be, uh, you know, loving these uh, pop groups where the average age of these uh, of these kids is like 15 to 22 you know it's 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 silly it's ridiculous and I, but the thing is when i'm when i'm enjoying it i don't feel silly and i don't feel ridic- ridiculous because i just genuinely have excitement for it i you know i i was going to actually tell this story on this episode because it just happened last weekend but like um i my my perception of k-pop is more like i kind of look at it like in a sports kind of way like it's kind of like how i feel passionate about the yankees or the giants or the cardinals like i feel that way about priston like they're my team you know and like it's kind of it's weird allowing yourself to experience it as more than just like that it's like like, for example, last weekend, um, we were going out of town, and we took a stop off in um, Ariana's uh, aunt's house to, to spend the night before we hit the road again. And I had um, decided to take some uh, jazz snacks, if you catch my grift. Yes. Um, and I remember uh, I, I went into the bathroom to wash my hands. I had my <laughs> headphones on, and I sat on the bathroom floor and just listened to Secret by by the Cosmic Girls um completely just you know wobbled out of my mind i was like man this really is magical like this is this is extraordinary like just kind of like drifting through the song and like it's weird because it kind of you hear stories about stuff like that and like it kind of just gave me like a completely new appreciation for it like it, it went beyond what it was to me before that experience, and now I can view other you songs that, you like viewed that. That video was like a pretty religious experience, even before. Yeah, you no, that, I've that. always I've always talked about how good that video is, but like listening to that song with my mind kind you of in a, a different place, like it's yeah, it was real cosmic, different. I had a very cosmic, experience. yeah, I had a very cosmic experience. Cosmic, cosmic girls. Yeah, you know, you know. Uh, Here's another interesting thing that we can talk about, too. So most of these groups have multiple names that they're called, right? So I started out... Right, but, you know, like in in our Western brains, I think what it is is they they come out with names that our Western brains can get our heads around. 
So, um, but then they also have their more familiar uh, local names, right? So, you, when when you see when you see like for instance Cosmic Girls, that, that that was always that's what I was labeling everything. When I would like have a new WJSN song or something, I would be labeling it Cosmic Girls. And then after a while, I've I've adjusted my thinking, and now I now I think of them more as WJSN. And when you were saying Cosmic Girls at first, I knew exactly who you were talking about, but it, it felt a little strange to my brain. And it's funny that, that that could even be a thing. Like, what other, you know, what other genre of music is that a thing where, like, a band will have, like, three names that they're called, you know? Yeah, uh, it, no. I mean, up until January of, like, this year, I was like, wait, is SNSD and Girls' Generation the same thing? Like, and what is Soshi? Is that also the same thing? Right, exactly. So you're almost wondering, is this a, is this a subunit? Which, again, is yet another thing where, like, Asian, Asian markets, that's such an interesting thing that they do that nobody else really does. I mean, Menudo kind of did that, but that was more just a graduation process. They didn't have, like, you know, Menudo subunits, you know right. what I'm saying? I was watching, like, some drama, and, like, it, it was a joke that you wouldn't get if you knew... I mean, like, if you thought of G-Friend as being called G-Friend because the guy says something about his, like, his girlfriend, which is what they're called in Korean. It's, like, something Chingu, and the girl gets mad because she thinks he has a girlfriend, but he's talking about the band. But that doesn't yeah. make sense when you think of them as G-Friend. And not to, right. men not to mention, like, whatever the hell it is that's happening with Luna. I mean, like... That's a whole other like smorgasbord of like weird shit, pretty much. You, you know what? I'm I am more than happy when Luna finally uh, forms together like the great mighty Voltron. I am more than happy to come back and let's just do a examining. We'll we'll almost treat it like an X Files, like you know, because you It'll really be a dissertation. got yeah, you got to get behind all the little nooks and crannies, and there's so many of them, and and it's such a weird idea, but it's such a unique, amazing idea. Like I would, I really would almost rather it was more straightforward. On the first of every month, a new girl is debuted. You know what I mean? Like, and she, yeah, she gets her single. Da da da. But you, they would. You couldn't do that, like, you you couldn't, like, oh, go, and then, oh, oh, let's go write the next song for the next girl. You have to have it all lined up. Yeah, no, you know, this, two years ahead of time. to be ready, like, like, the minute that they came up with this, like, game plan, like, it had to have been, like, a 12-month plan in order for them to, like, in order for them to execute it. They had to have everything ready, like, every, all 12 girls, the producers, everyone had to be on board. They had to have known, like, you can't just wing something like that. Like, it's definitely planned. Right. And yeah, it's, it's so there's a lot so of big. patience involved too, you know. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing is, and then think about how different all the Luna songs are, and all the different representations of Luna so far. So that means probably different teams for every single release, and like, I mean, it's just, it's it's mind boggling. It really is. It really and, is. But but it's amazing. And I I think it's it, the only thing that like kind of like makes me a little like upset to think about is I I'm having a hard time like imagining that anything luna the full group puts out is going to be better than odd eyed circles like first album because that shit is incredible well but yeah but you can't think like that you have to oh that's the thing about uh, uh love of music and groups specifically love of groups is that you have to always hope that this next release is gonna be the one that makes you go oh my god they all oh, that they they could do that you know and when they do um, you know, give you that when those moments happen. That's like, 
those those are some of the greatest moments in life because it, it's such a, a emotional connection that you have with somebody from far away where they just do something with their music that just hits you to your core. Oh, no, and, that happened that happened to me with Gugudon. Um I talked about that before when we were going through our uh our mid-year favorites. Um A Girl Like Me like by Gugudon is like a, that exact song to me. Like it, it hit me like a fucking hammer right to the face. Like the first time I listened to it, especially cuz like I was aware of Gugudon before and I disliked literally everything they did before that. And then all of a sudden they just put out this song and it's my, you know, it's a song I listen to like three or four times a day and it's my favorite song of the year right now. Right. Like, it's incredible. It was, it, it, it's a group that I wrote off that immediately now the comeback that we're going to talk about all these November comebacks because the entire nation of South Korea is coming out with an album this month. Um, well, that's another exciting thing, you know, and, and, you know, the, the it's it's such an exciting world the the K-pop thing because they have such immediate releases. I I mean you 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 like say for instance back in the day back in the early nineties I loved Oasis right and they I felt like they put out a ton of music but I mean not like these kids they're putting out a new mini album every you know six months or so and it's it's. It, but it's probably also they just think of structuring things different. This whole mini album and like, you know, duo, like small singles that they do. And people feel like that's enough um, until the next comeback. As long as they, they know that they're getting these constant comebacks, it doesn't matter if it's a two track thing or if it's a six track or a full, you know, 12 track or whatever, like we're, we're getting with Twice and, and Goo Goo Dan. So. Man, those Twice girls need a vacation. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you guys want to start off? We'll talk about the new Twice single. Or, sure. I, mean, I haven't listened to the whole album yet. I just listened to the, the first song because it came out like the morning we were driving back from California. So like, I uh, I didn't even listen to it until we got home because I, I threw it on when we first got in the car. And I was like, no, uh, it's too early for me to think about this. And I just put on something else. Um, so what do you think of the new, uh, the new Twice track? Well, um, I really like it. It's well. First of all, I have to preface it with I was not, I, and 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 again, I have to preface that even with another thing. I don't really like Japanese versions of Korean songs. Um, to me, the the Korean word just flows better in 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 music. It just feels it. There's a certain way that it feels in my ears. That's very pleasant. That um, the structure, I guess, of Japanese doesn't hit as well for me. Um, and so the last Twice song that we got, I was not really on board at all. I, I thought it was okay. I think a lot of people felt that way, though. Like, that they were just getting, like, a brand new Japanese song. And it's like, okay, but where's, you know, where's the Korean one? Yeah, well, and, and, and I don't even know if, if it was in Korean, if it would have worked for me either. It just felt like a very mediocre song. It was fine. It was fine. So that makes me wonder if I like like even more than I should because I disliked the last one as much as I did. I, Does that make you, sense? Yeah. No. I, I. The thing is for me is like I, I liked one more time. I didn't really like count it as a, okay, I'm going to compare like likey to one more time because one more time was a very like it was a it's a very specific song made for a very specific audience and that's their japanese audience and it was it felt more like kind of like a one-off kind of thing um 
so but i was comparing likey to signal which i absolutely hated signal like i've hate i almost i that is the hill i almost died on in that k-pop girl group page was talking about how bad signal was i almost got banned for that um i really like signal as the cupcake remix yeah with the cupcake remix it's fine it's great but, but I mean, Signal, just the original song, no. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Signal and uh, Twice has done this with me for a couple times. I I didn't immediately like Knock Knock either, um, and I didn't immediately like Signal either. And there's been other songs from other groups like this where at first I'm just like, uh, speaking of which, your your favorites, Priston. The first time I heard their uh, their their debut single, I was like. I don't like this. And then about six or seven track or, you know, times into hearing it again, because I, I, I wanted to give it a chance. I put it on my countdown, even though I wasn't totally in love with it. I was like, there's something here, but I, th- but there's something that I don't like as well. But then the more I started listening to it, the more I liked it. And it eventually was number one on my countdown. Um, same thing with Signal. Signal, I was like, this is this is definitely not my favorite of all the Twice songs. But the more I listen to it, the more I like it. There's something to it there. I would even say that now about one more. Now that I'm, now that we're sitting here talking about it, I'm hearing the hook to one more time in my head, <laughs> and it's not so bad. I'm sitting here going, "Why am I dissing?" It's not so bad. Um, but I really like Likey, and it's kind of funny too. Speaking of Priston, because I feel like there's some influence from uh, from their last big I, track there as well. You know. You know, believe it or not, if you actually dig far enough into, like, our older episodes in the show, I did talk about how, like, I thought Kristen was garbage for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I the first time I heard Wee Woo, I actually didn't like it. I, I was I was excited because of the idea of, like, there being, like, a follow-up group to Orange Caramel, and then I remember thinking, what the fuck is this shit? And then, like, I just listened to it enough times that, like, it just, it's burnt into my head, and now it's, like, one of my favorite songs. And then Oh, like, yeah, it's great. And then, like, it, because it took me a bit to either, I mean, like, that's happened to me with a lot of K-pop songs. It's very rare for me to, like, get a song that I'm immediately, like, enamored with. I mean, there obviously it happens. Like, that's how I felt about Pow Pow by Elris. Like, I was really into that song immediately, like, right off the bat. Like, it pulled me in. And it's the same thing with, like, uh, Ice Chew by the Goo Goo Don subunit. Um, well, and, see, I think I think you and me have a similar taste in that sort of um, vein because I, I feel like Orange Caramel, Ice Ice Chew from uh, Ugu Ugu, and then like um, there's just certain like there's a, a song from the from the Rookie Group P.O.P. Uh, that also has that flavor where it's it's almost like candy colorful, yeah, no, you me. know? Yeah, that's another song I talked about how much I liked on here too when it yeah, came out. And and those and there that is almost a genre within K-pop that is just so um, cartoony and sweet and, and colorful and it's there's just something about that that will kind of just if you have that sensibility it will immediately kind of catch you and you'll go oh oh I like that what's that you know yeah and it's like that's why it's hard for like it's hard for me to be sold on like ballads or like anything like too super serious because like I just. It's just not for me. Like, I like my stuff to be fun. I like it to be, like, exciting and really, like, peppy. Which is weird because, like I said before we started recording, like, my favorite genre of music is goth rock. So, like, I'd listen to, like, Christian Death and Bauhaus and then, like, I could jump into, like, Twice and 
fucking Goo Goo Dawn and like it'd be just as appealing to me and it's not even like a matter of like saying this is a different side of me it's just like this is just the music I like like yeah. this is what I'm into you know well you um, know it's it's good to have a, a wide range and, and you know um, definitely with all type of music to be able to like appreciate just the stuff that's good no matter what type of genre it is but then it's interesting like with this kind of thing where there's almost genres within a genre you know and i guess that's true of any of any music you know country there's like seven or eight different kinds of country rock there's a million different kinds of rock so you know the the there's never an end to the different you know little sections you can go and hang out with if you have an ear for quality and and if that you just stay open to it you know oh shit um when i was in high school i was really into the hardcore scene so like there was uh, two million different flavors of hardcore, and every band was a different genre, pretty much. So yeah. right, yeah. Um, yeah. Ariana, what did you think of Likey? Oh yeah. Did you like it? <laughs> I didn't think it was like too much different from their other songs, but I haven't listened to it a lot. Did you watch the video? Yeah. Okay. What did you think of that part where Momo shakes her ass for like a full minute? Um, <laughs> that was the best part of the video, honestly. Like, given my straightness, I actually kind of didn't notice. Oh, okay. Like, well, it, it's not as memorable to me. <laughs> so I, so, so I've already aged myself, and and uh, I'm not asking you guys to give your exact age, but like, you know, what what era are you from? Do, I mean, are you are you seeing the obvious, you know, '80s tra- kind of glow that they were trying to put on the video? Um, no, I mean, yeah, like, I'm 29, so, like, I I was born at the tail end of 88. I'm pretty familiar with 80s culture. Um, I know that we're getting a lot of, like, a lot of it back right now, not only with music, but the fact that, like, people are talking about Donald Trump again, unfortunately. So, like, <laughs> we're getting right back to that vicious 80s again. Yeah, I remember, like, just, like, bike riding and, like, a lot of bright colors, which... And and their clothes, yeah, their yeah, their color, uh, their clothing, and then like um, there there's certain like kind of filters that they put on the the video to kind of try to make it look more like it was VHS or something a little bit. Um, I've been noticing that a lot. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, I think I think that probably stems from the popularity of Stranger Things. You know, um, really bringing it back into like the the mainstream thing again. It's always been kind of bubbling under, I think. But it's one of those things like, you know, back in the '90s, I was fascinated with the '60s, you know, and like, uh, it, it, it's just one of those things when you're young, you kind of look back to what you think might have been cool, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, and and those kind of influences are coming out. But I wonder if if it actually if the girls have any say in that at all, if they even know anything, if they even, if they, this is kind of what I was wondering. If the girls of Twice sat down and watched that video, would they actually see any 80s reference or would they just go, oh, that's what the stylist told us to put on, you know? Oh, not at all. I doubt it. I doubt they would even have any, like, I, I think they would understand it as being retro because of, especially with like, and I'm going to get this name wrong, Zhang Yang, the girl on the skateboard. Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, she had a very, like, her outfit out of anyone else's really kind of screamed, like, 80s latchkey kid, sort of, like, growing up, like, hanging out in the neighborhood sort of look. And then, like... Totally. Yeah, I'm sure she would recognize that as being, like, retro, but probably not, like, any sort of significant um, 
any significant reference to anything. I though. think they're like too right. busy to be like pop culture junkies like I am. Or yeah, I think a lot of <laughs> this kind no- of doing their own thing, I making think, new stuff. I think a lot of this yeah. knowledge comes from free time, having like enough free time to really look into it. And I feel like twice the thing they lack the most probably is free time and probably sleep. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, one of the very first things that I thought was so fascinating, um, speaking of Orange Caramel earlier, it was one of the very first groups that I really felt passionate about. And, and and, you know, I decided, oh, well, I'm going to look at this interview where they're on a television show. Before that, I would never have thought, like, you know, the first few songs I heard were, like, from FX or from 4 Minute, and I liked them, and I thought, oh, these are cool, this is so different. But I never would have thought, like, oh, I want to seek out a television performance with 4 Minute at that time, you know. But then I saw Orange Caramel, and I was like, oh, my God, what is going on here? And I, then I saw that they had an appearance on Weekly Idol, which I don't, I'm sure your, your audience has to know what Weekly Idol is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, yeah, and um, so one of the things that first fascinated with me about, or first fascinated me about the world of K-pop was how excited these girls got when there was a mention that they might get some food. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 brought out a thing and they, it was like some sort of game, and if they got it right, they could have this little tiny piece of Korean beef. And man, at which point you're wondering which Korea is this. <laughs> I, and, I, I can't remember which, but there was a photo of like some girl group eating ice cream, and their managers like in the background like staring at them. Yeah, it was Red oh, Velvet, and Taeyeon yelled at the manager at them for eating ice cream. Oh, I bet you know, and it's just it's so crazy, you know, and and that just that I think that was the first time my mind really opened to the possibility of like how how interesting it would be to research this world more because just ha- you know. <laughs> that would never, you know, like, say, for instance, Oasis, like I mentioned earlier, you <laughs> you would never see them go on a on a interview show and be like, oh, you know, oh, if you get this question right, you'll get a, a piece of pizza. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever, mate, you know, like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. but these girls were like, you know, they were like ready to claw over the table for a little piece of meat. I was going, there's something not right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, the BTS Bon Voyage, like, seasons, like, they have to, like, compete to have, like, $7 for the day or something, even though they're, like, one of the biggest bands in Korea, like, well, like well, there was one part where, like, they had to, like, they were, like, all hungry and they had to, like, share sandwiches with each other because, like, the management didn't give them enough money. There's, um... It's so strange. Speaking of yeah. Orange Caramel, Reina from, uh from after school and orange caramel said something like even at like the height of their popularity like they would have made more money working at a gas station or something which is like kind of amazing to think about but like amazing in like a really horrible way um absolutely because like it's not it's not like the perception we have of celebrities here where it's like okay well tom cruise could sit on his ass and get paid like a million dollars a week for royalties from like mission impossible 4 or something but then you have like you know, if you look at, like, Tierra's schedule at the height of their popularity, like, they were getting, like, three or four hours of sleep, like, literally recording, like, uh, programs in the morning, flying to Japan in the afternoon, doing a show there, and coming back and doing another show, and, like, you have to wonder, it's like, well, are they actually being paid for that labor, or... And especially that, like, groups of larger uh, people 
uh, doing music are more popular in Korea, so all the royalties they have to share between yeah. like ten people. Which you know, like it's uh, it's like Soyeon, like she did a shit ton of commercials, but she has to share all that money with AOA. Mm-hmm. Even so, if it was like right. just her work. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Right. This is the this is the communist propaganda <laughs> part of our. Uh... <laughs> so the well, North y- Korean uh, <laughs> uh, group must be uh. They must be rolling in it. Yeah, they'll take <laughs> you care know, of like everybody else. I actually see a lot of, uh, not the distribution, the actual distribution, the amount that's actually trickling to the artists themselves, but the idea of like the structuring of that to like, you know, if you're in a committed group while you're still in a group, if you guys go off and do various things during breaks, um, sharing sharing some of that, I, I don't, I kind of see some positives in that just because, I mean, they're kind of sharing the name that made them famous in the first place, if that makes any sense. Um, it is so different from our Western way of thinking, the the capitalist way of, like, all, every man for himself, and, like, you know, hopefully you can get enough um, to, to keep you going. It, it, I, 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 I actually don't hate that idea of it. I hate the idea that she said, that, like, at our height... We would have made more um, working in a gas station. I, I, I agree that it's doing. Oh, and, that, and r- real quick, by the way, your your thing's going crazy. Okay. Okay. Uh, can better, you hear me better. now? Yeah. Better. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. No. Um. No. This I mean, happens around this time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's you know, it's um, the whole idea of them having to like share the profits as a team is fine by me. It's just the idea that they're being paid like less than minimum wage for being like what is potentially like the level of celebrity that like Jessica Alba or you know Taylor Swift are afforded here over in Korea like it's it's strange to think about yeah well you know and 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 they work so much Shit. harder Tolly can you hear me I can yes can you so good okay we're back on um okay yeah we were talking about how like celebrities don't get paid very well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where they work so hard, they put in all these years of training. Um, the the artists here, I'm sure, work really hard, too, but, I mean, it just seems like a, a just, it just seems like a whole different level, the amount of daily rigorous training that, that these, um, you know, people go through in order to be idols. And then you would hope that, that after all that immense, immense, immense amount of work, and selling records and being on television stuff that they would, you know, have a nice little nest egg at the end of that. And it's, it seems like eventually, like, some of... Well, actually, I don't even know, because 4-Minute was really big, and I know that, like, a couple of them now are working, like, part-time jobs just to make ends meet, so... Um, well, you know, Patrick, if you think about it, if you look back at the old, old like, original early days of, like, rock and roll in America... Um, there were certain record companies that held all the power. There's, pro- I'm not going to say there's three, but it, it probably parallels very closely. Um, and then there was always little upstarts that would have like groups that were popular and stuff here and there at first, you know. But it was really like these big main, um, you know, record companies that had the power, and their their talent and stuff would sell a lot of records and they wouldn't make a lot of money they would they had terrible deals it was all about you know everybody else other than them making a lot of money and then eventually 
they're you know these these different artists they got better management they got more rights and they got better contracts they got all this stuff evolved over a large amount of time it wasn't immediate you know it wasn't 10 years even it was you know more than that and and the longer recording uh artists became a thing the more that the artist had had you know more power now that that of course, we're talking about a world back when people actually went and bought physical albums and stuff. Like right. um, now, now Korea is is you know their music industry has been going a long time, but as far as like their international success, it's probably been what about twenty years or so, maybe internationally you know? less than that. Yeah. Like maybe I would argue like maybe in the second half of the two thousands, like. Um, maybe around 2009 when uh girls generation went viral is probably when they started to see like a lot of uh a lot of success at least in the west and then like even in like china and japan like um girls generation and kara were the first like two groups to really make it in japan and then you know of course twice was very successful there now and then blackpink but that was also this year well, you know, and, and the more that they um, start getting, you know, uh, more influence and stuff outside of their own country, the more they're going to and the more they interact with these other cultures that have better deals for artists and stuff, the more they're going to realize that we need to stand up against these companies and, and make it to where we do get um, paid better for, for, for all the work that we're doing. Now... That doesn't mean that the team behind them is not doing a lot of work. I mean, we were just talking about that. So uh, the distribution, I think, is a good idea, um, but there definitely needs to be more on the side of these artists if if they're struggling to to buy, you know, ramen noodles and stuff. So yeah, no, for sure. Um, and a lot of the money, even now, like for K-pop artists, comes from writing and like royalties from writing. Like for instance, Le from uh, Exid. Like, she pulls in bank from the fact that she writes for a bunch of different groups. Like, she writes for Hyuna, she writes for Tierra. I mean, she writes all of the XID songs. I think she said she even bought a Camaro off of the money she made from uh, from writing for Troublemaker, which was, like, right. one mini-album. Well, that's and, why, you know, somebody like G-Dragon is so uh, successful and, and wealthy. Um, he, you know, ton of ton of writing royalties. And, and you know, then that's that's why there's certain artists that i really respect somebody like g-dragon or woozy from 17 and i know you you're not very familiar with 17 but he writes so many of their songs he writes songs for other groups he wrote a song for i he wrote their very last song for ioi um downpour he wrote downpour that's he wrote that's interesting because that's the only ioi song i like so <laughs> yeah you know i'm telling you man 17 is a group to look at they they're they actually release big albums each time they release something. It's usually like a full fourteen track album, and everything on it's good. Well, the Priston girls, if you look at the the credits for all their songs, there's a they all write their own music too. And then like it's one girl in particular whose name I can't remember um, is the primary writer for all their tracks. And then like you have Zico from Block B who does a lot of like producing and writing. And like it, it's weird because Zico's kind of a fuck boy, but then he like wrote like this incredibly beautiful song for Sejong last year, which ended up being, like, a huge hit. Um, he tries to be a fuckboy. Yeah, he tries to be. That's his whole public persona, is that he's a fuckboy. Um, so, I, it, moving on a little bit, though, like, um, not to list all five million people who are having a comeback this month, because there's a lot of them. You have 
uh, Winner 101, uh, Red Velvet, Oh My Girl, Lovelies, shit, EXID, Goo Goo Dawn, the Twice one just came back. Which one are you guys looking forward to the most? Oh, Block B, too. Yeah, Block B, uh, I think just a couple days ago, they put out their... Um, their teaser. Their teaser for their new song. And they all have dreadlocks. Yes, Patrick, right. they all have dreadlocks. <laughs> um, just, you know, following along with Zico's usual style. Everyone has dreadlocks, but... Uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, seems like it's sort of in the funky tradition that Block B usually is. I, I hope that they promote the song more. They could do some stages. Because when they came out with Yesterday, they didn't really do anything. Well, they're kind of bigger now than they used to be, though. Yeah. Well, I think, I, and and this is kind of my spin on them, is that I like Block B, but I tend to like their, their solo stuff better. And their solo I think- stuff is really good. And, you know, I think their solo stuff is what is making them more popular as a group. Um, they're getting more reckoned, especially, you know, with Zico. Like, Zico's big. Um, it, also, is, is it D.O.? P.O. P.O. Um, his latest single is very, um, what's the guy? I can't think of his name right now. Um, oh, geez, Louise. Mar- something Mars, Bruno Mars. Bruno, oh. uh, it it's such a Bruno Mars thing, and I've noticed there's been a few other releases in the last couple months doing that same thing. So not right now, there's a big Bruno Mars fan that's a producer in K-pop because this is a, a new trend that's coming out suddenly. But um, but yeah, it's it, it's funny. Um, it seems like one thing I have also noticed is that there's usually a little bit of a delay but there will be a definitive influence from somewhere else coming in and it'll be like a gimmick for a month or two where like you know five different acts have that same sound oh you mean like tropical house yes exactly and i think that started with with k-a-r-d actually no oh for sure uh card like card is another one of those weird groups that got like really really big before they were officially like ever anything right kind of like luna um yeah, I I think the comeback. What's a? I would say like the comeback I'm most excited for is, I mean I'd say Red Velvet, but I'm pretty sure it's just another song off of uh the Red Summer, which is probably you ought to know, which is fine because I like that album a lot, or it's Zoo. Um, I'm excited for Goo Goo Dawn, but also scared because I don't want to hate them again, and I like the teaser they put out, but like I still have to hear like the full song because like I'm really afraid they're gonna go back to being like very soft and very like airy which makes me nervous because i like a girl like me is such a good song and like that tone they took on in that album was so it's very great. strong yeah it's a really it's very confident strong song yeah yeah um, um you know for me I, I i'm 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 probably looking forward to winter the most um Every track that's been coming out from Winter this year has been literally a winner like are, they, are they the produce 101 band uh, I no, they that's one oh one. Oh, okay. Um, what like one oh one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. I hate. I hate like, that. I yeah, I hate that trend. But yeah, um, no. Winner is actually from YG. I always call them Big Bang, Big Bang Babies. Um, <laughs> um, they're they're, in fact, there's uh, their their main uh like rapper Mino. He uh he always makes me feel like he's 
like G Dragon is his like main, you know, source of inspiration. But but they're really good. They have amazing pop songs. They're super catchy. I really think really really is probably the song of the year as far as K-pop goes. Um so the the fact that they're coming out with something else right after two amazing tracks, uh Island I think was so so good. It stayed on my chart for a long time. Actually, both of their last releases, "Love Me, Love Me" and "Island," both were on my charts for for you know a couple months. So, um, definitely looking forward to them. I love my girl groups. I definitely want like just what you were saying, like with Guga Dan. I'm hoping that it'll be the upbeat version of them. Um, I you know everybody in the world that has seen Sejong loves loves her and everything she does. She's the patron saint of this podcast, so. Well, you know, and and I can get with I can get with that, but you know I'm hoping that they don't rest their laurels on just her popularity and and really do bring out you know a really a boppy album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even, like, they're totally capable of it, too, even outside of her, because, like, you look at, like, Ice Chew, like, that song was awesome, and... Amazing. And, like, that video was incredible and super dark at the same time, but also really, really cute and funny. Um, I'm sure I'm sure you guys have talked about that video, but, like, is... that That is... That's the craziest concept I've ever seen. Oh, man, I, it's incredible. It really is. When I was watching it, I was like, this is exactly my sense. Like, did they just crawl in my head? Like, why are they murdering ice cream people? That is totally something I would come up with. That is so weird. Like, who else is going to get this, you know? The strangest thing about it is, like, maybe two nights before that video came out, I just got done watching an old British horror movie called Island of Death, which is about these two, this couple, this psychotic couple. I think they were based off of uh, Ian and... I forget I forget her face. The Bradys, I think they were, the Bradleys, the Moore murders. And um they go to a Greek island and just start like killing like the locals and then like Ice Chew came out and I was like, Oh my god, did they just <laughs> watch this fucking movie before they wrote this or something? What is going on? And I remember just like how like cute and crazy it was and I just I remember just laughing my ass off at it because it's so insane, like watching it and the song was super catchy and that crazy like that bloodlust that ecstasy of bloodlust <laughs> like dance break they do towards the end like it's yeah. such an awesome like thing they especially put out. mina you know with her little sweet innocent face you're going like what in the and, world and it was like really dark yeah and you're it like, really is it, and you're like they and just the killed, baby they the killed, baby no, yeah. I mean, like, even then, like, that was, like, an infant, but they took the ice cream cones and stomped on them like they were, like, babies, and then the mother kills herself yeah. right after. And, and then she like, wakes up in the hospital, and then and they, they kill, kill her the again. and her. Oh, it's amazing. And I was watching it and just completely enamored. I was like, oh my god, whoever whoever is managing Goo Goo Dawn's image right now needs a big fucking raise, because this is awesome. Yeah. And I'm just hoping for more of that and, like, a girl like me, and I'm just terrified I'm not gonna get it. And then, like, the Lovelies um, teaser they came out. They are great. Lovelies is, is a great group. They I'm put gonna, out quality material. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I can't get into them, but I do like the teaser they put out. So I'm kind of, like it seems kind of promising to me. They're one of those groups, like, I don't listen to them all the time. But when I do, I, I, I'm in it. I, I like them a lot. And they, they have really good voices. 
Lovelies have have really strong voices, especially when you see them uh, like do like live radio or something of that nature. That the, they're pretty strong. And then, um, oh my girl just lost a member. Um, now, see, that's one of those groups where I can't really get into, and I, I look at them and visually they look interesting, but I don't feel like they've had a song yet where I've been like, oh, I love the song. I think, oh, my girl's really boring. I, didn't didn't they do Roly? Aren't they the ones that did Roly? I think they did. Yeah, I was like, I don't like this. I I don't know. I can't really get into them. They have like one or two songs I like by them, but that's really about it, and it's like one of their... It was more their, like, earlier releases, which makes me think that they're about as far away from, like, that style of music as they're going to get, which is kind of disappointing to think about. But um, there's no previews or anything for them right now, so I don't even know what to expect from it. Um, That's why I think the Red Velvet comeback is just going to be another track off of the Red Summer, because they haven't released any teasers, and supposedly it's, like, a week from now. So it's probably Zoo, which is a good song. Um... Yeah, shit. Uh, should we move on to our main sequence? Sure. 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 Okay. Although, I, although, real quick, I do want to bring up something. As, as I was just saying, visually, that, oh, my girl looks interesting. What do you think about the idea that there is a designation for your role in the group as visual? Isn't that an interesting, weird thing? You mean like Yoa? Like in Oh My Girl? There's always like... Well, no, like literally. Okay, so here, 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 are the, um, here are positions in a group, right? Right. So, so you're going to have... Every group's going to have a leader. Every group's going to have a visual. Right. The rapper. Every, every group's going to have a main rapper as well as their uh, you know, lead rappers or just rapper. They're also going to, of course, have a main vocalist. There's going to be a center. There's one person always to sign as a center in a, in a K-pop group. And then, of course, last but not least, there is always – this is your assignment based on your age. You're the back name. Right. You know what the – have you ever heard the sad truth about um, what the rapper is supposed to be? Like uh, Moon from uh, Mamamoo bro- actually is the one who kind of like revealed what it was is that it's essentially like the girl who can't sing is the one who becomes the rapper because she That's was mentioning funny. that like – when she did her auditions, they're like, well, you really can't sing for shit, but if you can rap, then you're in. Um, that's that's hilarious. But at the same time, that's one of the things that I love about K-pop groups is they always have a little rap part in it. Yeah, and and it's weird because <laughs> if you look at Twice, like, you look at, like, like, Sana is definitely the visual, but her voice is really annoying. And then Momo is, like, the main dancer, and her voice is really annoying. So- and then you have Daehan, who, like... During 16, like, her voice was between mediocre and bad, like, the whole time, and she's the main rapper. And then you look at, like, Jimin from AOA, she's the main rapper, but have you ever heard her actually sing anything? I mean, it's not great. I mean, it's fine. It's cool that there's a position for it, too. So you would you know? think the visual would be the one that's really good looking but can't really sing, but that's actually the rapper. No, it's the rapper. It's always the rapper. So then what is the visual? The visual's The, the visual just means you are the, the literally the, the most face. attractive yeah. member of the group. Yeah, you're like, the one that's... Funny. <laughs> if you look at like all of EXID's teasers, it's always just Hani. Like the new yeah. one they just put out this morning is just the camera panning on Hani, and it works because people will not stop talking about it now. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess it's fine. It's a little weird. I mean, it, it's got to be flattering, but at the same time, like it's got to make you feel a little bit self conscious if that's like all people think of you as. It's just the visual. Yeah. Um, 
Oh My Girl, for example, has a visual line. Like, there's Aaron, there's Aaron uh, Sohan, I got her name wrong, I'm sure of it, and Yoa, and they're the visual line because they all look like dolls. Like, right. they're, they're, those three are always pictured together. Anytime there's a group photo, they're always, those three are right next to each other. It's the same thing with EXID. Whenever there's, like, a group photo, Hani is always the one in the middle. And, um... I don't know. I, I think it's I think it makes sense. The Mockney thing is kind of weird. I think that's like I I always found that strange that that's like not just a coincidence of, you know, who the youngest is, but it's like considered a job, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's it's just so interesting that these things that are just like, oh, that's just an that's just a fact of 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 reality is that they're the youngest person in the group. Oh, that's just a fact of reality that they're really attractive. No, this is literally their position in it's the group. It's their fucking job. And the Korea is a really yeah. Korea is like a really age-based culture, so it makes sense that there's yeah, a designation for the a hierarchy member. of some kind. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing that I play with a lot in my show is, um, you know, I'm constantly screaming at people to to greet me, uh, you know, formally, <laughs> and and all, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like I, I that, that's another thing that just fascinates me about South Korea. By the way, uh, everybody out there, hashtag Make America South Korean again. Let's do this. Let's get together. And don't don't let me go down that hole. Don't let me go down that hole. Um, all right. So. Yeah, I, it's actually, that's what happened with Joy from Red Velvet. She was the Macni, and then Yuri uh, joined, and she got upgraded to Visual. She got a promotion, so. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, our main sequence for tonight is, uh, because it's towards the end of 2017, I think everyone who debuted is going to debut. Um, so I wanted to, what I want to talk about is who, as of you know, from maybe January or even, like, this time last year to now, who do you think is the most promising, like, group? Uh, who who are some groups you think are the most promising, like, coming out right now that, like, maybe have made a splash already? Maybe they're, like, still kind of small, but you feel like they have a lot of potential. Um, but I guess going into 2018, who do you think are going to be, like, the power players? And, of course, we'll start with our guest. Um, if you want to throw one out, and we'll just go around and do two each. Well, um... Uh... As, when you say potential, um, the as far as somebody that's debuted already, I, I definitely do look to Elris. Elris, I feel like the girls are so distinct. Each girl is so unique and distinct. Uh, when you just even looking at photographs of them, you can kind of feel their vibe, uh, much less when you actually see footage of them. They have very big, bright personalities, and then their music is actually really good. Um, they, they, they have a nice range of both like slower, soft ballady type songs, but then even within those, they try to. There's always like little flourishes and things that kind of try to make it kind of interesting, you know. Um, but then they have really great, great like upbeat pop songs that they come out with. As well as there, there's one song that I swear to God, on on their newest uh, album, Color Crush, that to me at least sounds, um, it almost sounds like a Steely Dan structuring of a song. Um, it's it's got like that kind of almost like a prog, proggy sort of thing going on. Um, let me. The name, the name is kind of a strange name, so let me look at it again here. It's uh, Rupi Telcham. Rupi Telcham. 
Huh. I wonder what that even means. <laughs> I have I have no idea, but uh, the song is so great, and it has all these really intricate, weird, uh, like chord changes and timing changes and and stuff. It's 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 really interesting, and it's kind of different. Um, that and then awesome. I was sorry, gonna say go that sounds awesome because there's a there's a Japanese girl band called Chat Manchi, which I really like, and they did a song. Um, uh fuck i wish i could remember what it's called um it was it was actually like the opening to like an anime and like it kind of had that same what you're talking it's called kokodakano hanashi and it's like that same thing it's like it's a really it sounds really complicated like there's a lot of like core changes and stuff and like yeah yeah i'm gonna have to check that out because it sounds rad and right up my alley and you know and the other weird thing about it is it's four minutes and 50 or four minutes and 44 so it's almost a five minute song which god which is very strange for like K-pop. Yeah, that's like a that's like a Titanic length of a K-pop <laughs> song. That's yeah. two tapes. Yeah, but you know, and, and, and every time I see them, like their personalities and stuff, when when they're uh, being interviewed, they're just such good natured uh, seeming girls. They seem like they're having fun. Uh, it seems like it's enjoyable to them, and. I, I think that as long as they still continue to have fun, um, they're already enjoying a, a good amount of success for a, a group on such a small label. Their label is very small. That's I'm glad they're successful because that uh, their song they the only reason I didn't do Elris for this segment is because I thought you I was fucking convinced you were going to do it. So yeah, well you know it, it's one of those things like I. Uh, as much as I absolutely adore Elvis, and I really do, I, I think they're probably my favorite debut of the year. Um, there's not a ton of like English information out there about them. Um, so as far as like knowing all the intricacies about you know their lives before becoming a group, now I do know that um, two of them were in um, competition shows before they got together for sure. Uh, both uh, Sohi. And um, Karen, both. And I mean, and when you look at them, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I remember, here's another thing that I'm, I'm really happy with about Elris. When Elris very first began their promotions, all the attention was on Sohi and Karen. They have very distinct looks. They're, um, they're very pretty, but, and they're very bubbly. And I think what happened was their um, their initial promotions ended. They regrouped. They looked at what was working. Obviously, Sohi and Karen's working. And they figured out a way to make all the other girls pop. So in between their first release and their second release, their company went in and tweaked all the things that weren't working. Not that the girls weren't working. The way they were being uh, displayed wasn't working. Because they, they blended together too much. What they've done is they figured out a way to make them all pop individually, and this new album's got a lot of success. And I, I, I think that as long as their team stays strong, the girls keep having fun, they're really going to be a, a, a somebody to, to look forward to. You know, I somebody on the K-pop girl group page, which I'm going to keep referencing because that's how we met, um kept mentioning they seem to be and i think they're wrong for this is they kept mentioning that like visuals aren't as important as music and i think that's wrong because what really got me to jump in and listen to pow pow for the first time was um yukyong 
Is yeah. that her name? Okay, Yu Kyung. Yeah. Her her very cute, very like pinkish like baby bang haircut and Bella and her orange like short kind of like bop haircut, like just seeing like the cover just seeing like the thumbnail for that, I was like, okay, yeah, this looks. I'll look into this, and of course, yeah, like, Pow Pow is like one of my favorite songs this year because it's incredible. It's yeah. it's fun, it's jumpy, it's got that supernova, like that super bossa nova sort of sound to it, and you have like these very colorful girls like jumping around and having a good time doing like this cute like rah rah sort of dance uh, during their breaks and like these weird like statuesque mannequin like sort of shots when they're singing in the chorus and it just all works like it's really really good and it all comes together and it's fun and like it's a song i have to listen to every time not only somebody brings it up but whenever anything even vaguely reminds me of it you know yeah for for a month there literally um every morning when i woke up it was like i would hear (laughs) the chorus in my head and you know, I didn't. I didn't even need to go and actually listen to it. I knew I would listen to it later that day. But it's like going to bed and waking up in the morning. I would hear that chorus. It was I, so permeating dude, me. I just had a bottle of Coca Cola yesterday, and I had to put it on because I remember the part where Bella opens Bella. the bottle of Coca Cola and yeah. the fucking volcano goes off. Like, well, you know, you know, and the cute thing is, it's actually Bella Cola. Oh, jeez, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, um, and while they're all going through the little supermarket, they all have their individual products and stuff. Like Karen has like a, an old cereal type uh, box, and yeah, it's really cute. Uh, you know, and, and speaking of Bella, I think her transformation, I liken it to uh, Yuna's transformation in, in G-Friend or Girlfriend, um, where in their very first debut, she's got the long hair, she looks very mousy, and she doesn't really pop. And then all they had to do, give her that short cut. Cut that hair. And then, bam, she's just, that face just brightens up, and she is just, like, everybody's main focus. And for me, even though Sohi, of course, is a superstar, when, when I saw Bella with that short haircut and the way her big smile just suddenly popped, I was just like, oh, my God. She's definitely my bias now, you know. Like, um, that's another fun, fun, ridiculous thing about, like, I and I guess that's, with every, uh, you know, sort of pop fandom sort of thing, you always have a favorite person in the band. But oh yeah, of course. But yeah, that it, just that it's almost a, a a trope within itself that you she, know. She's your Phil Collins. Yeah. <laughs> right. Totally. Whereas Jimin is my Ian Curtis. Well, I'm curious about uh, you guys. What's one of what, what's one of your picks? Um. Okay, so anybody who's listened to the show is going to know right off, or anybody who's listened to the show or even like knows anything about my uh, my taste in K-pop, mine is absolutely Priston. Um, so I, you mentioned that like Orange Caramel was like one of the first groups that really got you in, and that that's the same for me. There was a video that went around for a while that was just like the you know how in Catalina they always do that ha thing in the beginning of like live stages. Yeah. Well, it was the video where it was a it was Reina, Lizzie, and then for Nana's part, they would cut in a screaming goat. <laughs> yeah, I've and, seen like, that. I remember thinking it was hilarious, but also I was like, "Hey, that song sounds like it could be kind of catchy." So I looked them up, and I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And like, I just kept digging further and further. So of course, like finding out that hey, Orange Caramel is this really great thing that doesn't exist anymore. I was like, "Oh, that sucks." And it's like, but also, here's a new group that's coming out from the same record label. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was the Pletus Girls, and they put out Wee Woo, which initially I was just kind of like, ah, whatever. And then I kept 
giving it a try and giving it a try and then like i started to get it, you know as weird as it was like the whole like kind of like persona of like Pristin above uber allis that i have like on the k-pop girl group page it, it's mo- obviously i'm not being serious like i don't like i don't think they should be banning people who don't like Pristin. that's fucking <laughs> stupid it's a right. joke it's a character you know yeah of course but at the same time like i was ironically convincing myself how much i like this group and then i realized oh wait a minute i actually love this song like more than probably almost anything that's been out this year and i really like this album and i really like this next song they put out and i really like all the other songs they put out and now i just stand Pristin. I, I ironically convinced myself that this is a band that i like and no, yeah you know i i found of course like watching the wee woo video like i i started analyzing it because like i really like movies like that's my thing like how you were saying like music was always your thing you movies are mine like i I, from the technical aspects to, like, you know, writers, directors, actors, like, it's always just been, like, my my thing. So I started watching, like, the video for WeWoo from, like, a technical perspective, and there was so much stuff that I really liked about it. And, like, all the colors, the way it was shot, like, um, the, like... Especially, like, the focus of Naeong at the end when, like, the rain, the water main is coming down on her and it's just kind of, like, it keeps, like, subtly focusing in and out on her to, like, the water in the foreground. Yeah. And I, I was like, man, that is my favorite shot from, like, any mus- any K-pop video ever and that is my absolute favorite shot. And, like, I was like, wow, I really dig these girls and they're amazingly talented and I think, like... Even if you're not sold on, like, their title tracks, which I know, like, a lot of people weren't, because their title tracks are very, very, very sugary. Like, it almost makes your teeth hurt listening to them. And, um, but of course, like, people, if you give it a shot and you listen to, like, even, like, stuff on the the other songs on their albums, like Running or Aloha, there's, like, a little something for everybody. Like, they even have, like, a slow track with Over and Over. And, like, I remember even on, like, that K-pop girl group page... There was one girl who was like, hey, I don't really like Pristin. What's a song that I should listen to? And I, I sent them a link to Running and like immediately like, wow, that was fantastic. And like, um, even We Like is like a song that my non-K-pop friends are really into. Like in one of the episodes, I had my friend Parker on, who um, uh, I know through the, the movie circuit, I guess, the movie fanatic circuit. And he was even like, yeah, that song was fantastic. I loved it. You know, it's so weird. I I've had the same experience, and I thought it was going to be literally the opposite. Because um, I I was when it, when that song came out, I was like, I kind of like this song, but I can tell already that the like, you know, we like do 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 do. I was like, that is going to get on anybody that doesn't like K-pop. If I'm listening to this song, they're going to want to kill me when this song comes on. Oh yeah, and, no, for sure. <laughs> and then, like my 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 uh, one of the guys that works with me on my Tuesday night show, Brian, uh, my buddy Brian, he he immediately immediately was like, "Oh, I love this. What is this one?" And I was like, "Are you kidding me? All the stuff that you hate, all the great songs that I love that you hate, and you like." I was like, "Okay, I give up. I, I don't I don't know what people are gonna like. I'm just gonna play, you know." We did a we did a thing for four episodes where we had people we know from other like shows on um, that are not familiar with K-pop and we made them a playlist like specific to their style and taste in music and we put K-pop songs on there we think might appeal to them and like some of it was surprising but every single person um, 
every single person like took something away that they liked even like one of my friends who i had on who is the most pessimistic person when it came to like the whole experiment even you know ended up liking a couple songs that i i was actually kind of surprised about and i think that like even if it is something weird that you don't think people are going to be sold on like for me crayon pop has been very successful in that like all my friends like crayon pop and like i have a friend who I have another friend who's, like, obsessed with Red Velvet, and it's the only K-pop he knows. And I guess it's just a... It doesn't matter what they take away from it, what they take away, as long as they like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, let me let me ask you this real quick uh, sidestep before we uh, move on uh, to Ariana's choice. But what what K-pop group do you feel like has the most Western um, potential? Red Velvet, hands down. Me too. Ariana, what about you? BTS? Yeah, Red Velvet. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. BTS. Well, BTS that, proved it already. Yeah, BTS is already like in um, multiple American award shows, so that's yeah, that's I'll true. BTS. I could yeah. see Red Velvet being played on the radio here, like absolutely. I think I think that SM I keep, has. I keep a, thinking in girl group mode, just yeah. talking to you. I did. Too, I did so. too. Yeah, I'm so used <laughs> to it. S- SM is. Uh, I think they're a little scared about maybe like throwing them. Well, they played South by Southwest, so but still, I mean that was a very specific K-pop night. But I mean, like, I cannot believe I missed that. I had no and see, I used I, I have friends and bands and stuff. We I used to go to South by Southwest all the time back in the day, and I, I, I think, I've always hated it. But I would have went to see Red Velvet. I think our our mutual Facebook friend Paul. I think he went to that. He did. I'm pretty sure. He did. Yeah. Lucky bastard. Fuck you, I Paul. I hope you're not listening <laughs> to this. <laughs> Ariana, what's what's your pick? Um, for your who's your rookie for okay. 2000? So uh, my rookies would be Ace, um, which I mostly like got to know them through just watching a ton of their like busking videos. Like they're like super good dancers. Um, you should they, Google a pic of Ace right now to understand where their popularity comes from. Like they, I, I actually really, I, I want to look into them. I'm not oh. familiar with them at all, but I will tell you the the boys that are good at dancing, like the boys, like I mentioned Seventeen before. That's what made oh. me start liking Seventeen as one of their dance practice videos, where you know there's like 14 people and they're so intricate and it's so good. So I want to look into these guys. It's it's like A dot C dot E. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, so they kind of have, like, that kind of grassroots, like, crayon pop sort of feel to me because they're just, like, they work so hard just, like, going out in the street and, like, doing their dance routines. Um, they only have two songs out, even though they've been around for, like, almost a whole year. Um, which their first one was Cactus, which was pretty cool. It's, like, very techno-y, um... It's pretty fun. It just the the dance routine again is awesome. Uh, their second song was Colin, and that's like a little bit too dubstepy for me. But still, I I love them, and I am hoping for more uh, cool music from them. What uh, a strange so, uh, what a strange title for a song for a Korea cactus. Yeah, yeah, cacti. Um, are, are very popular in Korea right now, so I'm, you know, in Tucson just waiting for them to yeah, come they should all come. and start, uh, start filming their videos This here. is the only part of the world that has We have a ton uh, of Soloro, cacti, so. like, I know succulents are really in right now, so I'm just saying, you want to come, come to Tucson through. and uh, let me meet you. By the way, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Arkansas now, but I, I grew up in Yuma, so... Uh, oh, yeah. uh, are yeah, you, from were the, you born in Yuma? I was, I, they moved... 
they moved there when I was three months old. So, so I, I just call it, I just call it that. But, um, so we, we lived there from like the age of, uh, when I was three, like three months old till about, um, 17. If you don't mind me asking, is your family British? Uh, no, they're not. Um, but we, but we had kind of a British household, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, Uh, I mean, my mom's Scottish, so I mean, like, I, I kind of grew up in a BBC biscuits and uh curry sort of household too so they have they yeah live in tucson but they have china a cabinet of china for if the queen happens to visit yeah just in case the queen comes down <laughs> in fucking tucson <laughs> that's amazing yeah no you know like my as far as like my comedy um uh influences and stuff for sure like my dad when i was growing up all, all he did was watch like british comedies and stuff like that and then um all my favorite bands growing up were all british and stuff like that so uh, i've always been uh heavily influenced by their pop culture as well growing up um, my so, yeah. my mom actually saw joy division play back home when she was like a teenager like when she was younger as warsaw before they became joy division oh yeah yeah she told me that story and i was like you fucking bitch are you serious like because joy division was like my favorite band growing up so (laughs) you know i I, by the way everybody you can go to my youtube page it's the brockwell broadcast network um i believe actually it's easier to find it if you just go like youtube.com backslash uh keep it smooth but um the very first videos I ever uploaded on YouTube about 12 or 14 years ago, maybe longer, I don't remember, like way back in the day, is actually a live Joy Division concert. So, oh, shit. Uh, so yeah, you might want to go on there um, and check that out. Plus, uh, people listening, you can check out some of the shows that I've uploaded. YouTube's really weird about my shows because I do use a lot of um, copyrighted music and stuff and all my stuff, so... Uh, quite a few of my videos have gotten banned worldwide for for that sort of thing. But. Well, I don't think Ian Curtis's ghost is going to come back and get you, but New Order might come and beat you up, though. Well, what is funny is that this actually became a running joke in my show, on my Saturday night show, is I had a caller that would call in for about three or four months there repeatedly as the ghost of... Uh, as his ghost. I, I always thought that was hilarious. <laughs> he, was a, he, was a, he was a character on my show, so, yeah. It, it would have been great if at the end you just revealed it was just the lead singer of Interpol or something. Right. <laughs> um, all right, so who's your second pick? Me? Well, uh, oh, yeah. okay. Uh, well, for me, my second pick, I would say, hmm, uh, the, probably the, the group that I love the most, that I think that has the, also the most um, possibility for really being a, a long-running, huge powerhouse within the industry is uh, Wikimiki. Um, now, first of all, let's talk about their name for just a second here. Yeah, when, let's when, really when, talk about that name. <laughs> when you look at it, it just looks ridiculous to a Western brain, first of all. It just looks, you're like, okay, that's a dumb name. And then when you try, and then when your Western brain tries to pronounce it, it looks like Wecky Mecky, right? Right. I mean, that was my, I was like, oh, they're called Wecky Mecky. Okay, I'm just going to go with that. Those people are called Wecky Mecky. Instead, it's Wiki Mickey, like Wikipedia and Mickey Mouse. Yes. Um, in fact, it broken down. I've now figured. I've 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 looked into interviews and stuff. I've figured. I, I, I've got all the answers here, Patrick. Here's what it is. It's we, key, me, key, and uh, the idea behind it is that the name stands for eight unique girls holding a key 
so that they can recognize each other, come together, and open a new world. That a shit we- is way too complicated. That's pretty poetic. <laughs> so that it's is so we- much more complicated than just Pristin. <laughs> yeah, right? And, 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 and it's something my brain never would have came to on my own without some sort of explanation. You I, know? I, and then you have like bands like B1A4 and stuff that, that like you don't... <laughs> doesn't make any sense until you look into it. B1A4 yeah. sounds like a type of screw you know I would need is? for putting up a frame or something. Or, you know or like... Is? They have what one member it? that's a type B, a blood type, and they have four members that are a type A. Oh. <laughs> blood type. Uh, dear that God. Is what is their fascination with blood types? We were talking about that earlier. It's, this is so um, Count Dracula it's actually sort of, runs the country. That's it's why. It's sort of like horoscopes or some, or you know, like it's it's your personality is based on your blood type. So like a type A blood type is almost like a type A personality and, and so on and that's so, so forth. That's so weird. And, that's um, interesting. I've never heard that before. That's like on da- like if you're look if you're on like a Korean like website looking for people to date they're gonna list their blood type and a lot of people take that pretty seriously i legitimately had no uh, idea that was a thing until right me now either, Why have you never me told either. me that <laughs> like i have a responsibility to tell you i brought up like, many little fact that i, I brought across. up so many times how stupid i think the blood type thing is <laughs> i was like that's dumb as hell why does it exist although like they also have horoscopes there too yeah they have a zodiac don't they yeah the you know, like the chinese zodiac I, I don't know if like each country has a different zodiac too i think they do amazing it's amazing don's a really stupid name until you like until you like they mention that it's like oh it's the times table and but even nine like of us. And in like, oh. like western society we used to go by uh, bodily fluids as far as um as far as like someone's personality that's oh more, like, so korea's someone just someone being in good humor korea's catching up to 1930s america <laughs> like, more like 1300 turn of the century so. Well, um, so yeah, so like with Wikimiki, um, I, you know, again, this is one of my things. So like, speaking of like, say, Oh My Girl, for instance, not, not everybody in that group pops, you know what I mean? With, with Wikimiki, like literally every girl in the group has, has a unique sort of look, not only from each other, but like from other girls in every group, like they're all super unique looking. They're they're very fun. All their like little social uh, network videos that they release of like behind the scenes stuff. They're always on, uh, like Choi- w- when the camera's on. Anyway, Choi Yo Jung also is like to me the most talented performer of this generation. Like she is absolutely incredible too. Like well, you, what's so? Uh, here's here's another thing. Okay, so like with Yu Jung, she. When you just like say you just saw a picture of Yu Jung, and and she was standing among all those other girls for Produce One Hundred and One, before you've ever heard her talk or sing or dance or or be funny or any of that stuff, you never would think that she's gonna be the one that's gonna be like, definitely not number three at the end of the damn competition, but the moment she opens her mouth, the moment her eyes start shining because she she knows she's about to say something savage or. Or like you know when when a boy group song comes on and she suddenly hops up and starts hitting that floor harder than you've ever seen anybody hit it, like you know that's what makes her so amazing and so special. And and I agree with you. She she is a great because she loves it. You can tell she. Loves it. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But but, but 
and you know the thing that everybody was so worried about with with them at the beginning or this was the complaint i was hearing from everybody when their video first came out was like oh well this is just a spotlight uh for doyon and uh yu jung uh it's just it's just basically ioi girls plus a bunch of other girls and and it wasn't true it, it's not true every one of these girls has a distinct uh you know real kind of like thing that they bring especially to that you know title track but in everything that they've been doing so far you know that's another song that took a bit to grow on me too was i don't like your girlfriend um <laughs> that was a weird Str- weird opening <laughs> you know strangely enough for me i immediately was hooked on it and and i and i even remember thinking like this is weird but i really like it like it, it was one of those things where my brain realized that like there's something about this that's 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 weird that probably other people may not like but i the, but i meet i do immediately like it i think and, it, and i really and i really loved it i think it's the closest to like it sound wise there's just so much going on it felt like almost like a grindcore song for a second but it's very busy it's got a lot of layers yeah, there's a like, lot of shit happening on that that three minute track but i did inevitably end up like really liking it i still listen to it pretty often and yeah. I, I mean, either way, I was going to, so because I like uh, Yojong so much, like I was going to be, you know, supportive of whatever she ended up doing, but I'm glad that I ended up actually liking it because for a while I was like, oh, I don't know how to feel, how I feel about this. And I, I think it's pretty successful too. I think it charted really well. It's um, done amazingly well. And not only that, like, but in this whole like mama voting and everything, they're like number two or three. And and they're ranking for the uh, uh, best new girl group, and considering they've only literally released one one thing, yeah. And but they but they promoted the f out of this song. I mean, they have done more performances on television of "I Don't Like Your Girlfriend" than probably any other K-pop song that's been out. I mean, they have performed it everywhere multiple times. I mean, for months. And people love it. And that and little opening dance it. they did where they take advantage of the fact that Yujong is so tiny. So little, Where, yeah. like, uh, Doyon is just, like, so tall she could just pull her right out from underneath her legs like a, like, like someone taking off their shoes. Like, she just yeah. reaches down and pop, there she is. Well, you know, they used to do stuff like that with her with IOI sometimes, too, so. I, I'm glad she's embracing her lack of height, too, because I remember, like, during Produce 101, she had some real emotional issues about it, which is, like, funny because she's taller than most American girls. I think she's, like, 5'4", and, like, your average American girl's, like, 5'2". So it's yeah. going to be really weird for someone who's 5'2 to be hearing, like, this girl having an emotional breakdown about being 5'4". Ariana's well, you know, giving I, me a look. She's 5'2". <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think what it is is, is that she didn't feel um, any kind of, like, strangeness about it until her her company came to her and said we were taking you to the hospital and she was like do uh, okay do what why and they're like well because you're so little and they thought she had a growth problem what the fuck yes (laughs) yes her and two other very young girls that were trainees at the time they took the three of them to the hospital and they did t- extensive testing on them, and so it was probably pretty traumatic for her. Are you making then, this up? They really did that? No, I swear to God, dude. I just watched something about this literally yesterday. What the fuck? 
fuck? And so then they took him to the hospital and they did all these tests. The other two girls, they said, okay, well, there, there's, you know, there's something that we can do. We can um, adjust this with uh, diet and with exercise. Nah, nah, nah. And then with Yu Jung, they, she, in her she's little face. Cause. Yeah, her little face when she says it too. She's like, but then they just said Yu Jung with you. It's too late. What the it's fuck? Too late. <laughs> Yeah, it's just gonna have to be a normal height forever. I'm sorry, you're you're at stage four you're shortness. A, All we can do now fucking, is make you comfortable. You're not a fucking Amazon, so. Well, yeah. to you, you mentioned that when we were in, we were in Los Angeles last weekend, and we went to Choice Music, uh, which is at the Korea, the K Town Plaza. And Ariana, you mentioned that they like towered over you, though. Yeah, there was a there was a point in the record store I was like stuck between two Korean girls. Just like they could have like rested their elbows on me. <laughs> They're just generally taller. That's funny. <laughs> Do you? Oh, have, I I read a thing. Nutrition uh, there or something. I actually just read an article about like North Korean. They said that the North Korean women are like unusually tall. Really? That's weird. Cause yeah. I, I know their soldiers are really short. So like, cause there's a there's a picture of like. A U.S. soldier and a North, a South Korean soldier, like standing at the DMZ, and like on the other side is a a North Korean soldier, and the dude's like sh- sh- like elbow like elbow height to like the South Korean guy. Maybe like now they're taller. Yeah. So maybe the the actual like if there were actual ever Amazons, they were they've they <laughs> eventually over South the Korea. ages. Yeah, they become <laughs> Koreans. I'll tell you something. Did you ever see Clerks? Yeah, of course, yeah. Man, do you remember when Randall went to, like, the mo- the big movie store and, it, like, the camera just kind of spinned like he was in heaven? That's what it was like going yeah. to Music Plaza for me. Like, I was like, I just want to buy everything in here. Like, I don't even care. Just hand it to me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely real with you. La- last year, um, during, not this last summer, but the summer before, I was making a lot of, like, just dumb money. And I didn't know about... Um, KCON until it was too late, or else I would have went. Oh no, that's um, that's the same thing with me. Before yeah, I, well, uh, Choi's music was pretty cool too. I mean, they gave you bun- they gave us a bunch of like free freebies too. I have a BTS beach ball that they just gave to me. Yeah, they just gave us a fucking beach and, ball, like a poster and shit. It was cool. But it, it, oh, that is cool. It's also surreal, like kind of buying like a CD in real life like i bought like four albums and i was like man i can't believe i just bought a fucking album like, I, uh... <laughs> I cannot tell you the last time i bought a physical cd it just seems it seems insane to me to buy a cd but i do love that they make their um you know like the the cd case will be like a little book size thing with all these pictures and all this you know that back when i was a kid like you know and again this is dating me i remember when cds very first came out dude like literally I used to buy records and cassettes until a point where suddenly CDs were a thing. And um, the idea of them was so neat and everything. But I felt kind of like cheated at the same time because like the albums and stuff would have like neat posters and stuff in them. And like with the, you know, the CDs were better than the cassettes because at least you had a kind of a little booklet in there. But where they make these like intricate like you know picture books with the cd that's a neat idea and that almost makes you want to buy something again oh no but I, with the k-pop albums they have like 
Yeah. It's like you're just buying a book that happens to come with like a CD, but it also has like the two Yeah, Christian the only way albums. you can sell a CD nowadays is to have a bunch of yeah, extra shit in like it. Like the red yeah. the Red Summer album that I bought is just like it's literally just a photo book that comes with a CD. It's and they're super glossy and classy looking. Like I like them a lot. They look nice. And I realized how yeah. like annoying CDs still are because uh you put Red Velvet's uh, new album into my car CD player so every time I unplug my iPhone up, I just yeah. hear zoom yeah over and over but i mean that i i that makes me want to buy the albums if only because like i like having like a collector's edition looking thing even though in reality that's what they all look like but i mean like i would never fucking pop a cd out they had like like, a bunch of uh, actually they had a shiny cassette tape that was pretty cool at uh it wasn't choice it was the other place but yeah that was pretty cool wait that is it was like 18 dollars though which is ridiculous now, for like a now, lesser form of media <laughs> what i really would love because i am i am a vinyl nerd and i do still buy vinyl yeah, um because yeah, like too. you know and most most of the you know rock bands or any bands that i like and stuff like that or hip-hop groups whatever if i go and see a modern band a lot of times they will have a vinyl of their stuff um there at, at the merch table and i love buying the, that kind of stuff I really wish that there was like you know WJSN vinyl, you know, I would like absolutely buy K-pop yeah, vinyl. I would buy a I wouldn't buy a K-pop a CD. Like I didn't buy any CDs because I'm not interested. But if it was vinyl, then yes. It, it kind of sucks because exactly. the sister, um, the sister jacket for Shake It looks like a uh, looks like a vinyl, and I like grabbed it. I was like, shit, is this a vinyl? And like I kept like looking at it, and I googled, and it's like, no, it's just a big photo book with a CD in it. And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But um, yeah, I, I I would spend a lot more on those for sure. So speaking of spending money, um, my net, my second pick for uh... oh, can I can I give you this one throwaway thing real quick oh, yeah, from sure. for for, for Wiki Miki? Yeah. Um, so So Young um is the leader of the group. Um, she's also the main vocal, and uh, she was born on four twenty, dude. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That, yes. They. I'm surprised they didn't arrest her for that. <laughs> <laughs> so she. So she. We'll just assume she's going to be trouble later on. So anyway, sorry. Go ahead with your next. Um. Chance. So uh, I almost bought these three albums when I saw them, but I had to hold back. Uh. So my second pick. Um. My other. This is probably the strangest pick because it is a group that I only like one or two songs by them, because their style of music isn't like super. Um appealing to me but just their very existence in itself would make me want to spend money on them and that's Dreamcatcher. um so they started off as a group called minx which was five of them um i don't know their i know two of their names sua and soyeon that's it and um they minx was just kind of like a typical like cute girl group like they had a cool sound like i actually like their their debut track a lot um, they were, like, kind of, like, a fusion between, like, maybe 4-Minute and, like, Kara, I guess, would be the two groups I would maybe compare them to the most. Um, and, so kind of edgy but sexy? Yeah, and, like, still fun. Like, they just sort of, I don't know, they, they were like a girl crush kind of group. Okay. And But, I mean, like, there's a trillion different groups like Minx. So what ended up happening is they had a second comeback that wasn't very successful, and they sort of announced that they weren't, they were still going to exist as a group, but they were going to re-debut as Dreamcatcher, which nobody knew anything about at the time. And then out comes this fucking, like, gothy Wednesday Adams, like, J-Rock sort of sounding group. 
and I am completely in love with them because there's nothing else like them in K-pop. Like, there's a million different groups like Minx. There's one Dreamcatcher. And their whole thing is they're just, like, they're, like, from hell. Like, I don't know how to describe it. They're just from hell. They're demons. And it's so fucking cool. And, like... I watched like the video for Fly High, which had which was a oh, I think was a direct homage to like this really obscure like Japanese horror game called Rule of Rose that came out for the PlayStation Two, and like even though like Fly High is not like a song I'm very into, I really like their vocals, but like the music still hasn't grabbed me. Although I think Good Night is like a really really great song um, by them, and Chase Me is also really good. Like their title tracks have always are, are I think are good. I haven't, like, invested too heavily into, like, their music otherwise, but, like, just the sheer fact that there's, like, this weird gothy, like, group running around and, like, who are just seem to be, like, really successful, too. They did really well um, on their re-debut is a reason why I support them as heavily as I do because they're just so drastically different than anything else. Yeah, um, they absolutely are, and they and they are doing well. Um, they were also charting pretty high on that uh, Mama Vote. Um, I, I'm kind of conflicted with, with Dreamcatcher, and it, probably not for the reason why you think. I actually, I'm conflicted about the fact that I do like them. Um, all, all the, like you said, all the title tracks that come out are, are, they're really good quality songs, and they're good performances. Um, what throws me off on them is, and, and it, it makes sense because of what you said about that video being an homage to like a obscure Japanese uh, PlayStation game. Their whole concept is so Japanese. Oh no, shit! Yeah, like they they scream Japanese market, and I'm sure and, like. And now, and 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 I realize now that this is the second thing that I've said that's kind of making me sound like oh, like I don't like Japanese. That's not true. I before the first Asian culture that I ever got interested in and had a love for was of course the Japanese culture, and I do still gen- genuinely love all that stuff. But every Dreamcatcher song that I hear sounds like it should be like you know the theme song to the hot new anime show yeah. with the guy guy with white hair and a scar across his face and a big giant <laughs> red sword over this landscape as like, you know, with, 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 with like a demon coming Catcher, out of his back and, <laughs> whenever he plays dreamcatcher i'm like oh what anime is this from <laughs> yeah this is from Naruto. you know so so i'm conflicted because i do like them but it but exactly like you said it's so different from everything else that's happening in k-pop but it's so similar to like so much that's happening in, in japanese uh pop culture oh, and, yeah. and if you threw them into japan they, they, i think that's a reason why they wouldn't really do well in japan because they just sound like everything like you could just listen to baby metal and have like, like a more uh, a heavier experience a heavier dream catcher those songs yeah. that don't have like guitar and rock shit in it uh i actually like like sleepwalking's a really good song like the really synthy stuff yeah like if they stayed more pop and not i i just find that like rock pop is like super cheesy and cringy yeah but there's i agree that isn't that as good I agree, and, and and even though it is, it's still good. You know, it's still quality. So so while you're going like, ah, oh, not my style. It's like you can still appreciate like how good it is. You oh know what no, I mean? absolutely. And like it, it, their personalities are also. It's really funny because they don't actually like. 
encompass mm. that sort of like their visual to their personalities are so different because they're very bubbly girls like when you watch them on like variety shows and stuff right and then they're just like let's make this music video where we lock a guy into a hell dimension forever they're also like they're also huge otakus so yeah they argue about anime their... and shit at home apparently <laughs> like they get into actual screaming matches over anime from what they were saying that's funny um but yeah, no, I, I, I look forward to more of their stuff. I look forward to seeing more of them. I hope they don't change their concept because, like, even if they just stuck with, like, the kind of, like, Adam's family sort of look they have now, it would still be, like, so out there compared to, like, you know, watching, like, a Lovelies video and then, like, you throw on fucking Dreamcatcher. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I look forward to seeing what, more they put out and i think they're i think they're all on mix nine right now which is like a the rookie like the rookie like uh competition show so i'm gonna have to check them out on there even though i heard yg is being a complete dickhead to like every single like oh he's such a every every single like girl that is not young enough for him to groom so is he he being the simon cowell of the of the thing yeah no no he just made the girl from coco sorry cry like this morning so, oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! And then uh, a guy, uh, Jung Hyun from Ace, yeah, got talked him back shit to him, which was really funny. Because he's like, "Oh, you guys are the Hot Shorts band," and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, you also had a yeah, winner, winner just did that in Hot Shorts too." So <laughs> he he did he did just and, uh, do that. And YG's only response was just, uh. <laughs> you, "You'll see you'll see this when we when we get off the mic." But they also said he also said some pretty uh, bad things to Luna. So oh, how dare he! I know. Uh, Ariana, who's your pick? Your, um, your last pick. My other one was uh, Top Secret, which uh, actually have come out with two whole mini albums. Top is... Secret is that he loves weed. Da-da. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. I'll I be get here it. all week. I get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, they have two mini albums. Their music is pretty fun. It's like sort of retro, poppy, jazz. They have like some brass sections in their songs it's um, do you remember what their last uh their last single was uh mind control i believe yes i played mind control on my show yeah that one was really fun their first single was she which i guess they were still kind of getting into it because i didn't really like that too much but yeah mind control is like a lot of fun to listen to it was it's a good song i like that one a lot it actually um here uh i think i yeah, it was it was on my chart for about a month and a half actually, so it had some staying power. It's a good yeah. chart. Oof! All right, I think yeah. I think that really does it then. I think so. That was a massive episode. Um, uh, Tolly, you wanna you got anything you want to throw out before we we do our plugs? Uh, well, uh, no, I just, uh, you know, like we said, Elris, definitely you guys gotta check them out. There's so many great young debuts that have come out this year in the last couple of years. Um, I, I would say definitely look into P.O.P. Yeah, I would look at P.O.P. was one of my picks, but it was the same thing with Elris. I couldn't find jack shit about them. Yeah, uh, I would look into, uh, K-A-R-D, I would look into S-I-S. Do you see a trend here? I, I feel like there's a... So many uh, abbreviations. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, literally all, all those groups are, 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 are really fun. Uh, S-I-S, if you're not familiar with them, very much G-Friend uh, version 2.0. Um, so if you like G-Friend, you'll like S-I-S. Are, uh, they, the, uh, are they the idol, idol school group, or is that someone else I'm thinking of? 
I think that's somebody else, man. Um, but I but don't quote me on that. Um, but also, um, there was another group that I really like. That's uh, oh, let me ask you this: uh, DIA are they are they considered rookies for this year, or did they come out last year? I think they came out last year. Okay. Well, I also then. don't. I also considering their record company. I don't think they're very long for this world either. Um, because they're they're MBK and I think MBK is probably going to go under the minute Tierra like does not re-sign their contracts. So I, I well, think uh, DIA is good, but I think they're not like I'm pretty sure they're not doing too well chart wise. That's too bad because their newest song "Good Night" is really good, and then um, all their subunit stuff that they did was amazing. I love their subunits, but. Anyway, maybe they just need to break those girls up into smaller groups and do something with that. Yeah, maybe they'll all resign with a company that's not total garbage and they'll do better. So I would yeah. I would blame their lack of success completely on MBK. It is not the fault of those girls at all. And I mean, the sad reality is that could be said for a lot of groups too. Oh, also, uh, my my one big if I can throw out heartfelt energy to any one rookie group that came out this year, Lip Bubble. I'm so sorry, girls. I'm literally, I'm starting to choke up a little bit. When I think about like how they were treated, um, their company is so tiny, and the people in charge of them made really bad decisions. Their their initial promo picture that came out looked very similar to the original uh, TT promo pictures that came out. Same color scheme in bleacher chairs and cheerleader up. I mean, it was very similar. That's not those girls' faults. And when and their actual output, the songs that they did, and and specifically Popcorn, they're good, fun, cute songs, and the girls are talented. And I I really really hated that they were just like raised up and down, raked across the coals, and basically given no chance at all. And and they probably won't have any more releases. But thankfully, uh, maybe Hanby, she's in. Uh, we were speaking of it just a minute ago. Mix nine. She's in there. Maybe this will get her some exposure and help them somehow. But it's always a shame when that happens. And like it even happens, like what I was talking about with Tierra and MBK. Like when the when the What's Your Name teaser photos came out, like it was like made in like MS Paint. Like it looked horrible. And I remember like I think it was Ethan um, on the K-pop girl group page. So he's like, you know, MBK is not that bad of a. It's not that bad. I was like, in comparison to what the SS like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they literally they they deleted the uh lip bubble video for popcorn i mean it was up for about a uh two and a half weeks and then it's it's not on the internet anymore i don't think oh, that's a fucking shame yeah but it was a really bad video but it was, again not their fault all right tolly so where can our listeners find you well um the there's a few different ways uh on facebook i've got the brockwell broadcast network page there's uh my my gag Twitter that I don't really do anything with because uh, I'm not great with social networking is at real Tolly Gibson. I thought that was funny because he was obsessed with Trump. Um, <laughs> my my real email address, if you want to uh, get in touch, is uh, Derek Brockwell is dead at hotmail dot com. And then of course you can always stream my shows live Tuesdays and Saturday nights at 11 p.m. Central Standard Time at Kate. KUHSradio.org. And also, I do have some um, episodes up for you to enjoy, including the very first ever tryout for Nightcap, my scripted show. Uh, all warts and all, no, I didn't go back over and re edit it. I thought it'd be interesting to let people hear what it sounded like uh, before it got better. 
um, and as well as other stuff on there on my YouTube page. Again, that's a uh, YouTube backslash Keep It Smooth, or just in the um, search, put in Broad Brockwell Broadcast Network, and that's B R O C K W E L L. All right, yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I'm terrible at fucking social networking. Like we have like a pretty decent like. Uh, feed like numbers but like our facebook has like 15 likes because i just don't promote it i just use it as a means of posting episodes you know what i i'm the same way it's like honestly the most promoting i do is through the the girl group page and um the other k-pop pages that i'm a part of because i don't know it's just weird like uh, my 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 facebook uh, my personal facebook thing i really don't even do as myself i really just use it as my character and I post things randomly here and there, and it's, I don't know, uh, I, 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 the guy that does my voices with me on Tuesday nights, Brian, he's, he's one of my best friends, and I've about got to the point where I'm just going to let him take over all the social network, he loves doing the Twitter and all that stuff, I, I just, it's not for me, you know, I like to go on the girl group thing and talk with you guys, um, by the way, everybody, if you're out there listening, you should definitely go to Facebook's, uh, it's called, is, is it K-pop girl groups, isn't it? Yeah, it's just K-pop girl groups, and they're, careful, there's two of them. There's one that's like 600 people, which, uh, is not good. Don't go to that one, because that's the one that lets the pedophiles in. And then there's <laughs> the one with 17,000, and that's the one we're in, even though it's the same 20 people that post all the time, but... yeah. But um, but it's a it's a fun group and you guys should come there and join us and you can talk to us and stuff. Yeah, to be be a little careful because some people get uh, very sensitive about their unis, but you know. Well, that's just the internet, Patrick. Apparently yeah. nowadays, and and you know, and I will say this to all your listeners: one of the things that I try to do in my comedy, um, and again, when you come to my shows on on Saturday night, if you just want the K-pop, come Saturday night. You're gonna you're gonna also hear little weird bits in between all the songs, but it's literally like five hours of k-pop um tuesday nights is more if you want to come and trip out on like I-, I can't believe this is happening on the radio right now and um during those times i my what i really try to do is go against this whole over sensitive culture that we have right now i'm constantly hitting topics that people say you you can't talk about that you can't make fun of that because Literally just because somebody needs to because we can't get to a point in our culture where we're all so scared to say anything that may uh, may offend somebody else because – Honestly, I just I just don't like people getting upset at comedy. Like comedy's never fucking hurt anybody. Like it, it's – it, it, I think Com- it's a- com- comedy was literally made to uh, you, you know if you go back to like back you know way back in the day or even let's let's just say even back to the Middle Ages you know they were using comedy to make fun of the monarchy to uh, make light of the things that were oppressing them in the world and you know and that's and that's what I think people need to try to do one of my favorite comedians ever is named Patrice O'Neill I don't know if you if oh you're yeah fit- no I know rest in peace of course. Absolutely. And, you know, he, he used to say that you should never go into a, a, a room and, and with your comedy and expect 100% of the people to laugh. You want, you want to offend at least 20% of those people because you, what you're saying should be, should be something that is on a level that creates an emotional response in people. And 
everybody is so different, you know, that we're all going to have different responses for it. But if you're just making everybody have a light chuckle with everything you say, you're so in the middle of the road. And you really need to, like, go outside of your comfort zones, outside of your audience's comfort zones in order to make people feel something and to make people think. And, you know, so so if you come to my shows and you go, oh, my God, I'm offended with that, well, hang up, hang out about 20 minutes and then you're going to laugh at the next thing and the person next to you is going to be offended for a minute, you know, so – and it's funny you bring up Patrice O'Neill because I, I actually um, – a really good friend of his, Nick Mullen, I listen to his podcast a lot called Come Town. <laughs> and, like, it's it's not something I can really defend because it's, like, it is pretty fucking blue and, like, it's not for everybody. But at the same time, he's kind of under that same philosophy. He's like, look, you might find this funny. Someone else might not, might not, like, might not like it. And then at the same time, something that they don't or that you don't like, someone else might like it. And it's just like, but you got to remember, like, comedy and irony have never hurt anybody. So it, it, that's kind of like the philosophy I kind of stand by. Like, even on this show, I can get a little blue. And, like, you've even seen it on, like, the K-pop girl group page. Like, I'll say shit that, like, might not really be on the level with some people. I think I've made a couple enemies on there by just, like, making a joke. But at the same time, it's like, look, it's just... It's just jokes. Like, that's all it is. Like, there's no reason yeah. to, like, think, like, I'm, like, personally going to attack you or something. Like, it's just being funny. E even if you don't find it funny, it, that's all it is. It's just comedy. Like, don't Absolutely. You know, and not everything every every person that's a comedian says is going to be funny because they're constantly trying something right. new. Right. Of course. You know? So, so you know, you're going to have some clunkers, you know, here and there. But as long as you, you, you know, I, and th this, I'm, I'm saying this to all creatives. As long as the output that you're doing means something to you and you feel like uh, it's, you know, if you're, you're trying to do comedy, if you feel like it's funny to you, if uh, you're painting and you think it's, you know, engaging or pretty to you, then then you're on the right track. You know what I'm saying? And, and at the end of the day, your art has to make you happy. So other people are – not everybody's going to respect it or, or get on board. But the people that do are going to love it as much as you do, and that's that, those are the people that you want, in, uh, you know, on that journey with you anyway. So absolutely. Um, all right. So I my plug is um, I think you and I are going to be meeting again pretty soon uh, if you want to talk about that. But oh yeah, uh, we I've totally forgot about this. So um, I've actually recently had had this idea, um, uh, you know, and I talked about this earlier that I used to do a lot of role playing game and, and game mastering and stuff. And even back in the day, the, actually the person that first got me into K-pop was a kid that uh, we did some role-playing with. And even at that time, me and him kind of discussed it in a very infant kind of way, uh, the, just the, the kernel of an idea of creating a role-playing game based on K-pop idols. And Patrick and I were talking about it, and I thought it might be kind of a fun exercise to do on this show to actually stat out some characters. But, you know, the more I've been thinking about it, the more that I, I, I think there's some real promise to it. And now that I'm working out a few mechanics, I think I think that it would be a lot of fun. And on the Brockwell Broadcast Network, one of the shows that we do is called Game for Games. It's a show where we play board games, talk about video games, uh, do role-playing stuff. So uh, all, all kinds of different games are encompassed on that show. I think it would be neat to have the two of you... Uh, come on to our show. We'll we'll have you Skype live on air, and we'll broadcast it out, and we'll do a uh, you know a couple hours where we create uh, our our own little 
role-playing characters of these idols we'll take some of our favorite idols stat them up and put them through you know maybe a, a taping of music bank or something like that yeah no sounds that sounds rad. great yeah it sounds rad as shit i already actually have a couple characters statted out for that including uh yojong as a dwarf class um we'll get, <laughs> in, we'll get into that on the show though absolutely um so you guys can catch me of course on the blind podsman the zatoichi podcast uh we are on uh movie number 20 i believe uh zatoichi the good samaritan i believe it's called from 1968 uh that'll be out sometime this week or next week ariana do you have any plugs not particularly, no. Okay. So, for another All Kill cast, uh, and of course, for our special guest, Holly, good night.